You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. So why does Matthew 24, verse 14, disprove in any moment rapture? Well, the short answer is the same reason why the Great Commission disproves a pre-trib eminence. Let me recap uh, the conclusion from the last episode. Uh, I said that, so the, the Great Commission uh, was given, to the, the Great Commission as recorded in Matthew 28, this was given to Jesus' disciples, who are representatives of the church. And they were told that, that he would be with them to the end of the age, i.e. the church age. Uh, uh, quote, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I've, I said that most people do not think of the Great Commission as a prophecy, but this part of the commission is just that. It's a prophecy. Uh, again, I am with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus promised through this prophecy that he would be with you, i.e. the church, until the completion at the end of the age. So, and I concluded with the question, what does that have to do with eminence? Well, the problem that preterbs face is how can Jesus' return be imminent right up to the end of the age, while Jesus at the same time teaches in his Olive Discourse that prophesied events must happen before the end of the age. Uh, those prophesied events that I talked about was the beginning of the birth pains. If you look at Matthew 24, verse 4, uh, 4 through 8, okay, those are, the, those are the events that Jesus says must happen before the completion of the end of the age. So, since... Jesus teaches in his great commission that the church will be on earth to the end of the age. By logical application in the Olivet Discourse, they will also be here for the events that will transpire before the end of the age. So, pre-tribs, they, can't ha- they cannot have their eminence cake and eat it too. So, just to reiterate, Jesus taught in his great commission that, number one, he would be with his church up to the end of the age, and taught in his Olive Discourse that, number two, the prophesied events of the beginning of birth pains would occur before the end of the age. Therefore, the church will be here before the end of the age to experience the prophesied events of the beginning of birth pains. And I I noted that this is one of the clearest examples in the Bible that contradicts pre-tribulation eminence theology. So there is a related prophecy uh, that relates to the gospel in Matthew 24. You have to understand the vast majority of prof, uh, uh, pre-tribulationists don't believe that. Matthew 24, 25, the Olive Discourse applies, is applicable to the church. But we have demonstrated that, yes, it is. Uh, this is uh, the way, that they, they look at the events in Matthew 24 as relating to what's going to happen after the rapture. Okay, so in Matthew 24, a few verses later from the beginning of birth pains, that also mentions about the end, you have Matthew 24, verse 14, that says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole inhabited earth as a testimony to the 
nations, and then the end will come. Okay, so in Matthew 24, verses 4 to 8, it talks about events that have to happen before the end of the age. Well, here, once again, in verse 14, we have uh, a key event, the key event that must happen before the end of the age. And that is the, uh, this is the gospel of the, the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole inhabited earth as a testimony to all the nations. Give an alternative view to the, the traditional interpretation of Matthew 24, verse 14, that says the church is going to ultimately fulfill that prophecy. But it's interesting, in Revelation 14, it seems that an angel supernaturally is going to do that. Of course, that does, that does not minimize you know, our responsibility to proclaim the gospel uh, or the Great Commission. But ultimately, at the end, just before Jesus returns, uh, this in, in Revelation 14, there's a depiction of this this angel that proclaims to the whole world the gospel. Uh, so it very likely may be that that is the ultimate fulfillment of Matthew 24, verse 14. Okay, so back to our, uh, our uh, topic. As I mentioned, this prophecy is related to uh, the Great Commission prophecy, uh, even actually more directly, even more directly. Uh, and that is uh, in, in verse 14, it, it actually explicitly states the preaching of that gospel, which is, this is linked uh, to the Great Commission. And this link is, is significant for the same reason as the link with the beginning of birth pains. It demonstrates that the church will experience the eschatological pro- prophetic fulfillment of the preaching of the gospel to the whole world. The church will not be raptured uh, it will not be raptured uh, before the end of the age. It will be raptured, well, at the end of the age. That's the whole point. Jesus, When Jesus returns, you have a new age, and you have the completion of this age. Uh, so the church will not be raptured until this uh, prophesied event happens. So this explicit prophecy must happen before the end the gospel being preached throughout, quote, throughout the whole inhabited earth. And since Jesus taught in the Great Commission that the church will be on earth up to the end of the age, they will witness the fulfillment of Jesus' prophecy of a worldwide proclamation of the gospel. So five words, five words demonstrates this point. Quote, then the end will come. Look at that. Matthew 24, verse 14. Then the end will come. Let me repeat that again. All right. This is basic logic. The gospel will be proclaimed throughout the whole earth, inhabited earth. This is a prophecy. And then what's going to happen? The end will come. So in other words, the church, uh, the church will be here. For these prophesied events, the beginning of birth pains, the proclamation of the worldwide uh, proclamation, the church will not be removed until this prophecy is fulfilled. And this, so, this is just a, simply another prophetic event that undermines in any moment return of Jesus. And I want to make one other note here. Um, having so having established that the church, and again, it, uh, I've talked about this this. The structure of Matthew 24 uh, and why Matthew 24 verse 15 is the key verse for the structure of the uh, of the Olive Discourse. 
Uh, and I talked about this in my book, Antichrist Before the Day of the Lord, uh, what every Christian needs to know about the return of Christ. If you don't have that book, get it. I do unpack it here on this whole structural issue of Matthew 24. So, But I do want to make a structural note here, and that is, so having established that the church will be present on earth up to the end of the age in verse 14, notice in verse 15, Jesus says, quote, therefore, that's, and then that's the, um, the Greek conjunction, un, un, okay? This is an inferential conjunction. Therefore, uh, when you, notice the second person there, you, when you see, okay? So, therefore, when you see. In other words, uh, the interpreter of Matthew 24 should not miss that Jesus has the same audience in view after verse 14. It's not that he has one audience in view up to verse 14, and then now in verse 15, oh, now he's going to shift to a completely different audience. No, there's no, absolutely zero exegetical evidence for that. Uh, and if anyone argues for that, it's purely based on really a prejudicial reading of Matthew 24. Uh, the same audience is in view. In verse 15, Jesus begins to describe the Antichrist. In other words, he's you have to understand, Matthew 24, verse 4 up to vo- verse 14, Jesus, he gives a, a shotgun, kind of an overview of what's going to happen. All right. Then in verse 15, un, therefore, okay, that's inferential, he's going to go back and now he's going to unpack more specifics. All right. Now he's going to go back and unpack uh, more specifics on the, the Antichrist great tribulation. And that's why he says, therefore, when you see, okay, when you see the Antichrist, right, uh, the abomination, desolation, that's a personification of the Antichrist. So he begins to, in verse 15, he begins to describe the actions of the, of the Antichrist, the, the Antichrist great tribulation in more detail. So there's no, there's no justification to claim that the referent you in verse 15 and afterwards is, again, it's, di- it's not different from the you before verse 14. So in other words, the disciples who represent the new community of God, i.e. the church, are the consistent audience of Jesus's entire discourse. So because the you before verse 15 represent the church, there is no reason, except again for a theological bias, that it represents anyone differently in verse 15 and afterwards. Okay, uh, I, again, I just wanted to make that structural note because a lot of people, uh, and, and, and almost the vast majority of commentators uh, miss this. They just assume that, you know, in verse 15, it's just, it's, it's sequential. It's 15 and onwards is sequential uh, to the events in verses 4 through 14. They're not. Uh, again, Jesus gives an overview of verse in verses 4 through 14, and then beginning verse 15, uh, he begins to go back and unpack it. That's why, see, the, the, this is why people are, a lot of people are confused because they think there's, the, like, the, they think the end of the age, the, 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 the event of the end of the age is different from the, uh, the second coming. No, that the, the, when Jesus returns, okay, when Jesus returns, that is the end of the age. That's the whole point uh, that Matthew is unpacking there in Matthew 24. Okay, so that's why you have the Great Tribulation description in more specifics, that is, beginning verse 15 
And then you have, eventually, you have the returning of Jesus on the clouds, which brings about the end of the age. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 